millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Women's Football Weekly. That is absolute top quality on TalkSport 2. Welcome to Women's Football Weekly on TalkSport 2. What an opening weekend. We were eventually treated to newly promoted Liverpool's defeat of reigning champions Chelsea, a barnstormer of a game at Villa Park, watched by 6,785 fans. Rachel Daly dazzling on debut as they beat Manchester City in a seven-goal thriller. Wins for Arsenal, Manchester United, West Ham and Tottenham. What a treat we have in store for this season. And what a treat we have in store for you on this show tonight as well. Courtney Sweetman-Kirk, Sheffield United women's striker, is with us. Fresh from that 8-0 hammering of Coventry United yesterday. How are you doing, Courtney? Yeah, I'm very well. Uh, Monday's always better after a win, isn't it? I bet it is. Although, I'm sorry, 8-0, you weren't on the score sheet. I'm just going to abuse you for that. Yeah, I know. I've, I've had a lot of stick already, but, you know, there's a few assists in there, so I'll take that for the moment. I reckon you should definitely take that and tell me to shut up. Molly Hudson, were you on the score sheet? Football writer for the Times, but fresh from making her debut as a player in the Vitality Women's FA Cup. Well, you've got someone here of an 8-0 win and you've got someone here of an 8-0 loss. So um, stick with Courtney, I reckon. Oh, right. OK, so anything you say from now on on this show, Molly, means nothing. But I'm sorry, that's an achievement in itself. You played 90 minutes in the FA Cup. I think you should be pretty proud of yourself. Do you know what? I, I, I tweeted last night. I think you have even more respect for the players than I already did because, like, the level, the team we played against, and they'll probably lose in, like, the next round. You actually realise how high the level is right at the top. Like, obviously, we do watching it, but actually playing against it is something else entirely. Yeah, I mean, rather you than me. I think my playing days are, are well over. Um, quick one for both of you before we, we crack on. What caught your eye this weekend, Courtney? I think the obvious one is is the Liverpool win um, against Chelsea. I think it was a, a big statement. I also covered the game Friday night, the Arsenal game. Um, obviously, they did very well. I think that Brighton going down to 10 players obviously had a, a massive effect. But already we've seen you know, how unpredictable the league's going to be. And, and again, Aston Villa and Man City. So the, the big thing for me is the unpredictability um, of the league and it makes for an exciting start, doesn't it? Yeah, it bodes well, doesn't it, Molly? Yeah, I think for me, it was the differential in, in some of the early scores. So I, I went to Arsenal on Friday night and then I watched Manchester United on the telly on Saturday and I thought, oh, here we go again. You know, the bigger clubs are winning 4-0. It's going to be quite comfortable for them. And then there we go. Sunday happened, didn't it? And I think it it was a really nice sort of especially for people that maybe haven't watched the Women's Super League before as well because we know there will have been new viewers this weekend I think seeing that teams like Liverpool and Villa can can mix it up with with Chelsea and Man City was was massive I think yeah let's call it Super Sunday shall we and we'll kick off with Liverpool 2 Chelsea 1 attendance record broken as well at Prenton Park just over 3,000 there all three goals were from the penalty spot looked like it was only going to go one way when Liverpool's new signing Jilly Flaherty brought down Guru Wrighton inside the box in the first two minutes Frank Kirby then converted that resulting penalty 
But Chelsea just didn't take their chances. Blues boss Emma Hayes saying afterwards they couldn't hit a barn door, which pretty much explains it. Liverpool got back into the game in the second half. Millie Bright penalised for handball in the area. On debut, Katie Stengel equalising from the spot and then grabbed the winner after she was fouled by Kadisha Buchanan. Um, Who better to go through this game than the winning manager yesterday? Matt Beard, Liverpool boss, joins us now. How are you doing, Beardy? I'm good, thank you. How are you? Well, that was a very understated, I'm good, thank you. You must be absolutely delighted after that performance yesterday. Yeah, no, listen, we're, we're, we're really pleased. Um, we, look, we know we can compete at this level. We had a test in pre-season and um, obviously looked to, to beat Chelsea. Um, it's a fantastic, you know, result for us. Um, but we have a good team, so we know we can we can mix it in this division. And... Um, I knew as long as we would be in the game as it went on, then we'd have a we'd have a chance. And um, I, look, I was really pleased with second half, you know, um, and the way that we we finished the game. Um, so yeah, it, it was a good start for us. Yeah, it certainly was. I, I bet there was a. a a heart-in-mouth moment when Jilly made that um, early tackle straight away and you thought, oh, God, here we go. No, no. Um, I, I mean, it, obviously, it was it, it was tough, really, because she's, to be fair to, to right, and she got in front of, of, of Jilly. She was just about to clear it. But, look, we've done a lot of work on on dealing with moments like that in, in pre-season in the classroom. Um, we've had moments like that that we've rehearsed in training and, in, in, and even in in the pre-season game. So, look, it happened to us last year a few times and, you know, we we, we drew upon that. And But our response was excellent. I mean, we went up the other end and, and we should have scored, really, with Emma Carvista with, with, with the opportunity she had. Um, but, no, I had every faith that, that we'd respond to that and we'd be OK. Yeah. How how delighted have you been with how uh, the, the, the side are, are gelling and, and how they've taken to, to being back? I know we're only one game in, but, you know, you, you're feeling pretty optimistic for the season ahead. Yeah, as I said, we had a great pre-season. Um, I had everyone in virtually apart from uh, Emma and Fernie for, for the first two weeks. We, we, we've had everyone in and I think obviously a lot of the teams have had, had a disjoint in pre-season with the amount of players that have been at the Euros. So we, we was quite fortunate from that perspective. But no, as I said before, like we recruited players that know the league. We, we've got a good blend of mix of experience and youth and that, that know the league. And I think that's the most important thing. Um, and 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 that hopefully will put us in in you know in good stead for the for the rest of the season. Hi Matt, congratulations. Um, I, I just wonder you mentioned there about kind of building the squad with that sort of um, experience of the Women's Super League. I, I wonder how important that was in terms of bridging that gap because we've seen for a lot of clubs that there is quite a gap between the the top of the Championship and sort of the the bottom end of the Women's Super League and. I suppose your your team looks, you know, certainly from Sunday, pretty well equipped to deal with that. Yeah, when we when I when I come in um, last summer, it was we recruited players that we felt that could compete in the Super League for the Championship. Um, it took us a little bit of a while to to find our feet, and you know, like I said that summer, we had a really disjointed pre-season. I mean, I missed nearly four weeks of it because of because of COVID. Um, but, but as I said, we've got a good team. You know, if you go through that team, it's full of internationals. It's full of players that know the league. Um, we didn't want a big turnaround in the summer because my experience at West Ham after that first year, I think there was 12 changes we made. And I think if you look at even Everton last year with Willie Kirk, there was a lot of changes that were made. And it's it's tough to to gel a lot of players into, into the Super League because it's, it's the toughest league. It's like the NWCL. There's no easy games. The Super League is the same as that when it comes down to the competitiveness. And you don't see many other leagues like that in Europe. If you look in France, there's probably four or five teams. In Spain, there's probably four or five teams. In this league, you have to play. You have to bring your A game week in, week out. So we, we, we know we've got a good squad. We know we've got good depth. And, and for me, the most important thing is we show that character and that desire that we showed. And one thing that, that, that we can that we want to do week in, week out, is make sure that, that we work as hard as we can. And I think if you look at the commitment in that second half, you know, it, it was really, really pleasing to see. Matt, I've got a question about, you mentioned earlier about that faith. And in terms of that faith and belief, it's obvious the, the technical and the tactical work that goes on a day-to-day, but how much of it, from your perspective, is work to make the girls believe that 
you know, when Chelsea do come to Frenton Park or, you know, you're going to your Arsenal Chelsea's that you you feel like you can compete and, and get the win because there's so many times I feel like you see clubs, you know, go to your quote unquote bigger sides and they almost feel like they've lost the game before they've even started because they don't believe that they can go and beat those teams. Yeah, we, we yeah. I, I mean, I agree with you 100. I think um, I think if you look at how we started the game, we was a little bit. Um, I think I won't say we showed too much respect, but we, we we didn't set out to do what we had done. Um, and maybe Chelsea had a, a, had a part to play in that, but we we adjusted it at half time. Look, teams win football games or have have successful seasons. Then individuals sometimes can win can win games over that little bit of brilliance or you know the the, the goals here and there. But over the course of a season, it's collectively what you do. And I think if you look at us last year, everyone had a part to play. Yesterday, we selected a team that we felt um, could start the game and put us in a position where, where you know, the changes that we made, they was all, that's how they were, in my mind, they were planned. But obviously, the game happens. Um, and I think it worked to our benefit yesterday. You know, we, we, we know Chelsea are expansive. We know they leave a lot of space in behind. We knew that they conceded their goals from crosses and counter-attack. And that, that's that's what we set up to do yesterday. We set up to frustrate them. Um, and we knew where we could hurt them. And, and, you know, thankfully in that second half, it paid off for us. Exciting times ahead, though. Merseyside Derby at Anfield. The first one since November 2019 in the WSL. 23,500 there. Uh, for that one, how much are you excited about this game? And, uh, and do you think you're going to exceed that target? Uh, on the target, I haven't got a clue. <laughs> um, uh, Russell or Heather would be the one to ask on that. No, we're really excited for the game. Um, I said this yesterday. Oh, Prenton Park's been a, a, a fortress for us over since I've been back anyway. Um, so it's obviously a different setting for us. Um, so we've got to make sure that we play the game and not the occasion. You know, during my two stints at Liverpool, the Merseyside derby is always the one that you look for. So not to have it last year, we was hoping we'd have it in the Conti Cup, but we never got drawn against each other. Um, it's the one that you look out for. So, you know, we're really excited. We're looking forward to to the game. Um, you know, I'm, I'm hoping after yesterday's performance and result, it can really give us that confidence to to kick on. Brilliant stuff. Just one final question. Um, realistically, Matt, what is the ambition for this season? What can this team do? I've said it from day one. We, we have our own internal targets, of course. We, we want to stay in the division and I think we're more than equipped to do that. Um, we want to do as well as we can, but we have to understand that the level that we're playing at now, being out the Super League for two years, it's a big, big jump. But I'm confident that we've got the team that can compete at this level. We proved it yesterday. I think for me, it's just about that belief. Um, but as I say, consolidation and division is our, our is our primary target this year. Anything above that will be an absolute bonus. <laughs> Brilliant stuff. Chat to you soon. And uh, good luck for the Merseyside derby as well. Um, Liverpool manager Matt Beard there. Oh, we've got to really pick up on, on Chelsea there. Notoriously slow starters. I can't believe they've won the last three WSL titles, but they've actually lost four of their last five season openers, Molly. Why do they start so slow? To be honest, it's it's a bit of a strange one because I think I was watching that yesterday, probably like the majority of, you know, fans and media out there thinking they scored the opening goal and then even when it went to one one, you you just watch Chelsea so many times and they always find a way, don't they? Um we've seen so many times they score those late goals just when it's looked like they're gonna drop points. They they always find a way. And I think credit to, to Matt Beers Liverpool, but also I think Chelsea didn't really believe and they didn't like I know they were they were going forward, but it weren't like they were making these huge, you know, absolutely got to score the chances. I don't think they really had it quite together yesterday. Yeah, you mentioned that uh, the Chelsea boss there was playing it down. Uh, here's what she had to say after that opening day defeat. Listen, they scored from a throw-in that was a penalty and the second was a transition that was another penalty. It's not like in open play they've had multiple shots. They just have maximised the situations. And for us going forward, I don't think we could hit a barn door today. You know, you've still got new players coming in. They're still learning the system and big responsibilities on them. But I've been here before and you know, we just 
chalk it off and go again. Wow, you don't often hear Emma Hayes with a with a lilt at the end of her voice there, do you, Courtney? Uh, she'll have been inwardly fuming about that, I'm sure. Yeah, definitely. I think she's got such high standards of herself, of her team. Um, so I definitely think she'll be disappointed. I think as well, you know, we, we spoke about a couple of decisions that maybe went against Chelsea. And I think you always feel aggrieved in that sense. But equally, I, I agree with Molly in terms of some of the turnover of players because yes they keep a a consistent squad but they're always adding new players to the squad because they Mm -hmm. want to evolve Um, so that's one thing and again as you say the amount of international players that they have away I imagine it's a very disjointed um, pre-season and again that that mix around of of positions as well. Now for Lauren James, you saw it when Neve Charles came in playing as a um, a wing back. She's historically a forward player and even further back, Beth England um, when she was first at Chelsea, a forward player um, and playing at wing back. So there's there's lots of elements to um, to think about. And, and yes, I think Emma Hayes will be looking at it, but equally, you know, the ad- old adage is it's not how you start, it's how you finish. And if uh, <laughs> they they win the league again, then I don't think they'll be too bothered. Absolutely, I agree. And I'm sure they've got their eye on on Champions League as well, which is why Emma Hayes has strengthened in, in the summer to make that squad depth even greater than it already was. Big game, though, um, on Sunday. Chelsea host Manchester City next at, at Kings Meadow. And um, both of these sides will get into Manchester City's uh, weekend, but both these sides uh, need a win, don't they? It's going to be fascinating. You're listening to Women's Football Weekly on Talk. Sport 2. I'm Faker Others. Sheffield United's uh, striker Courtney Sweetman-Kirk is with us and Times football writer Molly Hudson as well. Uh, coming up, we're going to speak to Aston Villa manager Carla Ward after her side's thrilling win over Manchester City. Women's Football Weekly. That is absolute top quality on TalkSport 2. This is Women's Football Weekly on TalkSport 2, the only show on national radio dedicated to women's football. I'm Faker Others. Sheffield United women's striker Courtney Sweetman-Kirk and Times football writer Molly Hudson are with me. Don't forget, if you do miss any of our shows or you want to listen again, our podcast is available on the TalkSport app. So just go ahead and download it today. Uh, now then, what a barnstormer of a game we had at Villa Park on Sunday. It finished Aston Villa 4, Manchester City 3. Alicia Lehman opening up the scoring before summer signing Rachel Daly curled in an absolute butte for Villa's second. Laura Coombs pulling one back for City just before half-time and then equalised at the start of the second half. Bunny Shaw then put them 3-2 up, but another debutant in Kenza Darley levelled straight after. And then who else but Daly to bag the winner for Villa from close range. Uh, she was absolutely delighted to get off the mark and help her new side to a vital three points. Some would say a dream debut, I suppose. Um, obviously, it's nice to get on the score sheet, not once but twice, but more importantly, three points at Villa Park in front of a great crowd. Um, that's what it's all about, against the top, top, top opposition. That's what the WSL is all about, I think. Um, you know, the games are getting better, they're getting tighter. You see a 4-3 thriller. Um, in the opening game of the season against, again, one of the best oppositions in the league. So something for us to build on, something for us to work on. Um, but we've got to focus now on a big game next week against Leicester. Well, Aston Villa's manager, Carla Ward, uh, joins us now. How are you doing, Carla? What a day yesterday. I know, I know. I slept well last night, I'm not going to lie. And then I woke up this morning and felt like I'd been hit by a bus. I think it was the four celebrations running down the touchline. <laughs> yeah, that was quite incredible. I actually did as well. Someone just, one of my players just sent me a video of the fourth goal going in and I literally nearly took her out as I've run down the touchline. But yeah, (laughs) amazing. Um, I mean, I love how understated Rachel Daly is. I'm lucky enough as Talk Sports England correspondent to interview her quite regularly and she plays everything down. Some might say it's a dream debut, she says, but she was actually ill the morning of the game and you weren't sure if she was going to even get to play. Yeah, so on Saturday, um, after training, she wasn't feeling too great. She went home Saturday evening. We spoke to her Saturday night. She'd been um, fairly unwell during the day. In the morning, we spoke to her. She hadn't managed to eat anything. So 24 hours leading into the game, she hadn't hadn't really managed to keep anything down. We spoke to her after team breakfast at at Villa Park and said, how are you feeling? She said, you know me, I'll get on with it, which is the standard Rachel Daly answer. Um, She managed to get some food into her. And honestly, that's... um, let's not let's not play that down it was a sensational debut she was she was outstanding from start to finish in every single thing we, that we did 
She really was. And, and actually an outstanding signing as well, because when that news came through uh, in, in the summer, I know a lot of us were like, whoa, wasn't expecting that. How on earth did you convince her to come? She's been over in, in the States for, what, 10 years or so now, more than that? Yeah, it's quite funny. When did it get announced? Did September, uh, August. So we actually started talking to her. I'm astounded we actually managed to keep it under wraps. I kept it from my staff, my players. Um, only me and Lee knew about it as well as the, the CEO. So we kept it very, very quiet. We spoke um, for a number of months. We, we agreed personal terms fairly early with Rach. Um, she bought into what we wanted to do. There's a project um, you know, what we want to do moving forward. Yes, it's going to be, um, a, there's a process to that, of course. Um, but, you know, I think that she really wanted to be part of that. So, uh, look, it wasn't easy. I'm not going to lie. Um, mainly because obviously Houston don't want to let their star star player go, but we're delighted to get her in because she's been sensational on and off the pitch and the influence she has with the youngsters. I can't even begin to tell you the impact that she's had on the younger group and the younger group in bringing them along. Um, so yeah, she, she's been absolutely fantastic in that sense. And that's going to be so important for you when you talk about the, the project. I know there's good things going on behind the scenes at, at Villa. And if you can have somebody with that kind of experience, bringing some of the experience that she's had from the States in, when we're at that kind of trajectory in the women's game that we are kind of, you know, or nobody can see my hands because this is radio. So I don't even know why I'm trying to show them. But you know what I mean? We're now kind of almost vertical in terms of the acceleration of everything. That's quite key. Yeah, look, she's a winner. Um, she wins games. She wins trophies. Um, she's done everything right over over in Houston for the last seven years. And I know there's this great debate. Is she a defender? Is she a forward? She's absolutely a forward. She's a, she's a, a wonderful footballer, a very talented one. And I think for the last seven years, she scored goals, a lot of goals um, in the in the US. And I think, you know, for her to hit the ground running against a side like Manchester City as well, by the way, who, you know, will be up there challenging. I think that's a statement from her. But what it does show is um, her qualities. And like I said, the, the impact that she's had on this group already, both on and off the pitch, has been has been phenomenal. Hi, Carla. Congratulations. Thanks. Um, I I saw you speaking about that kind of positioning with, with Rach Daly earlier in the week. And uh, obviously a lot of fans that probably fell in love with, with England over the summer will have seen her kind of in that left-back role. I, I wonder how... Do you think there is a difference for her coming in to the club playing as a striker or does she not really have to have much of a transition because she's been so used to it at Houston? Yeah, I think um, I think she's used to it. I think seven years as a as a central centre forward. I think um, you know she knows the role inside out. I think it's more um, she's probably got a lot to learn at left back, which is funny to say because you know she she did an unbelievable job there for England. But look, that actually shows what a quality footballer she is because Serena's obviously wanted to keep her you know keep her in that eleven. She wants you know good footballers in the eleven, and and she's slotted in at left back, but. No, make no bones about it. She's a she's a forward, and you saw that. If anyone watches the second goal, you even watch her movement from the from the moment she releases Kenza, her movement then to even stretch the two centre halves, her, her movement then to you know to speed things, to speed the play up, to slow it down, to then get in front of the defender. All right, yeah, Ellie Roebuck spills it, but she's there. She's a poacher. She's a goal scorer. Courts will tell you that, right, Courts? <laughs> yeah, so the best goals are from two yards out. I know, right? But that's what that's what, you, that's what you pay for centre forwards in the right place at the right time. Wardy, I want to embarrass you a little bit now. So, in terms of your trajectory as a manager, and I think you know you're getting a lot of of credit and rightly so for the work you did at Birmingham, now at Villa. And I always think about you know looking at clubs and you're talking about the project, but I think it also is a lot to do with the manager and how players you know, are attracted to managers. And I'm just wondering how you're, you know, dealing with that on a day-to-day with the, a bit more attention around you as a manager. Um, you know me well, Court, so I don't, I don't mind. I just get on with it. I take, I take everything with a pinch of salt. And you, you'll know um, I'm ambitious, so I take everything in my stride. But even yesterday, <laughs> you know, yeah, there's a lot of talk. But, you know, I'm one of those annoying people that doesn't let... Um, I don't let you enjoy it too long. Why? Because I always think there's work to do. Um, and tomorrow, they've probably enjoyed it today, but tomorrow morning, it's back with a bang. Let's have a look at what we've not done right and how we can improve. Um, but yeah, I think, you know what, the, the hype around it, 
you don't buy too much into it because I tell you what, if we go and lose at the weekend or we lose a game that we're not expected to, they soon change the tune and you know what it's like. All of a sudden, it's Carla Ward out. That's the um, <laughs> itchiest nature of the game that we love. So, um, yeah, I take it with a pinch of salt. I think someone said to me years ago, you don't get too highs in the high and you don't get too lows, too low in the lows. And I think it's absolutely that. So it's making sure that you can stay as grounded as possible throughout. Aston Villa manager Carla Ward there. Um, need to focus on Manchester City. They massively miss Kira Walsh, Courtney, don't they? I mean, let's not let, let's not beat about the bush. They're struggling in the midfield. Yeah, I think, well, you look at not just Kira, they've lost their start in midfield, really. Um, and it, yeah, I've, I've said this previously as well. I think there's something to me that seems a, a miss at City um, in terms of behind the scenes to have that many starting players leave in one window. You know, from I, I don't know anything, but just from the outside looking in, it, it doesn't feel quite right. It doesn't feel connected. Um, but, you know, you've still got to give credit to uh, Carla Ward and Aston Villa, you know, going 2-0 up is one thing. But I think, you know, I, I saw some of the updates coming through and then you're thinking, right, when City go 3-2 up, the fact that, again, they've come back, they've got to 3-3, and Villa have still got the belief that, yes, they've been um, in front, then they've gone behind. So to have that ability and belief to then come back from behind against the Manchester City, I think it's massive. Yeah, it, re- it really is. What is going wrong at, at City? They're, they're going to have to rectify it because they've got Chelsea next weekend. I think, you know, as we as we mentioned earlier on, if, if you have real ambitions to, to do well in this league, I think, you know, they've got to rectify it um, very quickly. I think, you know playing against Chelsea, especially a Chelsea team that had lost, probably because you can imagine Emma Hayes was giving those players a bit of a rocket this week coming. Um, and, I, I, you know, that's not going to be an easy fixture at all. I think it was interesting listening to, to Gareth Taylor, I think it was on Friday, saying that the early results won't define this team in the long term because he knows some of those players have, have got to gel. But I found it quite interesting that of, of all those um, players that left in the summer... Obviously, I think it was something like seven that come in. Only one of them actually started. So I think it'd be quite interesting to see whether he thinks those players are good enough for the now to actually come into that starting team, whether it's because they're so adapting to the league. I know some of them are, are kind of quite young players, really exciting talents. Um, maybe they are going to take a little while to settle in. So I think Arsenal in particular will be pretty gutted that opening weekend fixture was cancelled because... I suppose the more this City team plays together and does gel or make those connections, sort of the the better they'll be. And I think as much as clearly it's not a completely happy camp there, I think you will expect them to to improve as the season goes along. So I think, yeah, I think I think it'll be a good fixture for Chelsea having having both of those teams that have struggled in the opening weekend. Yeah, for sure. Um, so a dream debut for Rachel Daly at Aston Villa. Manchester United four. Reading nil was the scoreline at Lee Valley and another one for Manchester United's new defender, Maya Letizia. Two goals for her, in fact, both from crosses by Katie Zellum, who was on the score sheet herself from the penalty spot. The fourth one bagged by Alessia Russo. This game was all over at half-time, pretty much. It felt like a little bit of a statement of intent, maybe, Courtney. Yeah, and I think it has to be. I think now Manchester United are at the stage where they really have to push on especially when you look at what's going on at Manchester City. I think they really need to push for that third place. Um, I think it's the season for them to do that. I'll be honest, I thought they were going to be slightly more active um, in the transfer window and, and maybe add a, a little bit more. But I think Mayor Letizia is a, a great signing. What a fantastic young player and, and is, you know will get better and better. Um, but yeah, I think it's a very, very important season. I feel like it, you know, it can sort of go either way. I, I do think if... As I say, if they don't get that third place, then there'll be a lot of you know, rumblings internally as, as to what the club wants to achieve and, and how it needs to get there. Yeah, it's a really good point. Um, I'm sure it's a discussion we'll have here on Women's Football Weekly on TalkSport 2 again and again. That is what you're listening to. I'm Faye Carruthers. Courtney Sweetman-Kirk and Molly Hudson are with me as well. Next up, we're going to round up the rest of the weekend's Barclays WSL results. Women's Football Weekly. That is absolute top quality on TalkSport 2.
You're listening to Women's Football Weekly on TalkSport 2, the UK's only national radio show dedicated to women's football with me, Faker Rothers, Courtney Sweetman-Kirk and Molly Hudson from The Times. Uh, don't forget, if you miss any of our shows or you want to listen again, our podcast is available on the TalkSport app. So go ahead and download it today. Now then, Friday night, Arsenal 4, Brighton nil. Two goals from Beth Mead after Kim Little and Stina Blackstinius had scored. Uh, Molly, you were at this one. Talk us through it. I think what was so impressive about Arsenal was that they they really kind of picked up where they left off last season. I think, you know, kind of from from that defeat to Birmingham, which ultimately meant that they lost the title last season, I think you've seen a real sort of gear change in in Jonas Eidevel's side. Obviously, it was his first season last year, so it's it's quite nice for them to, to kind of go into this season knowing his methods, knowing the way he wants to play. It's been quite a stable summer for them as well, compared to, you know, the Chelsea's and the Man City's who have struggled in this opening weekend. And I think I think they look really good. I think it's impressive to see how they don't kind of they don't go one nil up and sort of sit back. They really kind of go for the kill and try and score more and more goals. And to be honest, I think Brighton were unlucky with the manner of um the dismissal there early on because it 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 looked as though Celia Blackstenius was was offside. I think replay so that she was. For me, they 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 might be favourites. I think for the women's Super League title. I think just the the way they've had that summer stability can be can be so important when it is a twenty two game lead and you just need to you need to start well. And that's exactly what they did. And wow, Beth Mead, uh, name me a more in, informed player right now. Well, you teed up Beth Mead as if you knew that I had a clip of Beth Mead uh, to hear from. Um, she is the informed player of the moment, isn't she? Two goals for her. And talking about Arsenal's ambitions for lifting the WSL title, she believes they've got to be consistent if they are to be crowned champions in May. Obviously, a nice start for us as a team and a couple of goals for myself. But yeah, we're setting high standards as a team now. I think we'll probably be disappointed with some points of our game. I think we still can be more clinical and play bit sharper football but yeah maybe we shouldn't be too harsh on ourselves for the first game. I think that's a great thing about football you get to start fresh each season um, for us we were starting afresh we know we need to be consistent in what we're doing this season and now we've got we started off the league again with three points and that's um, the main thing for us right now. Beth Mead uh, speaking there. Courtney, you were covering this game as well and Molly mentioned it there, but Brighton's Emma Kuhlberg, seven minutes in being sent off, kind of set the tone really, didn't it? What? How else did Brighton look? Yeah, I think it, you know, as soon as that happens, it was always going to be um, an uphill battle. Um, initially, to me, it looked like that actually had a bit of a change in formation and we're looking to play three at the back, which I, I think it's, it's quite interesting. Um, when they normally sort of bank up and, and play a four. I think Brighton summer, again, is, has been an interesting one. They've had a lot of players um, go and, and let players go. They've probably not had that many come in, but I think is it for Hope how maybe thinking a bit more sort of quality over quantity and, and trying to be really consistent because, you know, they're not a team. Obviously, your Arsenal's and your Chelsea have, you know, so many games and extra competitions and, and you know, stay in the FA Cups and, and contests for longer and also have Champions League to think about where, it, you know, not so for Brighton. So maybe I think they're potentially looking for a little bit more consistency. But I just think Arsenal blew them away, really, regardless of the sending off. I think the forward movement uh, was fantastic. Caitlin Ford, you know, her movement was unbelievable. But in terms of the goal scoring, we know it's earlier on in the season, but she probably could have had a hat trick. Um, so for me, as I said at the start of last season, I, I do think Arsenal are the favourites, although you know, same thing last season, they started like a train, didn't they? But then you know, had a couple of dodgy results. And for me, for Arsenal, it's about the consistency because they can go in, you know, batter team six, seven nil, but then they might struggle um, against the, you know, for example, I did Brighton for TalkSport and uh, they only beat them 2-1 and it took um, an unbelievable Beth Mead free kick. Um, for them to beat them last season. So I think for me with Arsenal, it's about that consistency against every team because they seem to be able to raise their occasion, sorry, their, their level of play at times, but then other times, you know, seem to struggle and you will do because the WSL is a competitive league. But I think it's about being more in the middle rather than, you know, right at the top of their game and then maybe struggling at times. Mm. Molly, I, I just, uh, I, I want to point people towards your um, article that you did with Arsenal boss Jonas Eideval because he got the opportunity to sit down with Arsene Wenger. Can you can you very briefly 
tell everybody about it and, uh, and where they can go to have a read. Yeah, it was really lovely, actually. Um, it was it was one of those very good timing moments that you you don't get very often. Um, I speak to I spoke to Jonas last Thursday, and I think it was the Monday before that he'd um, been to David Dean's book release and had met Arsene for the first time. And I, I I didn't know this, but I went to ask him, you know, how whether whether fans watching the North London derby next um, weekend, obviously at the Emirates, forty five thousand tickets sold, which is fantastic news. Um, we're excited to to kind of see a women's football team that very much plays a similar way to the Wenger teams of old. And he said that he was really proud in that moment to be able to say to him how much he'd inspired him as a coach. And he spoke really well about the fact that in this kind of global world, a lot of the actions you make, you don't realise how much impact they have, both in the short and long term. So I thought that was a really, um, really lovely kind of way to say it. And yeah, um, you can go and read it on the Times app. Um, but yeah, it, it was it was really good to speak to him. Actually, he he um, I must say this little anecdote. He he said that he came home from training this week and he's got um two twin boys that are two years old and um one of them was screaming he said to his wife what is he screaming what's going on and and the little boy was singing arsenal arsenal and it, <laughs> because he'd, he'd gone home in his arsenal training kit and he could see the badge and he picked that up from the games he'd gone to so i thought that was very cute that well. is very cute oh blimey two two-year-olds I can only just cope with one almost one-year-old I have no idea how he's doing that and managing a football team uh kudos uh yeah we'll talk about um the North London derby shortly but um let's talk about Leicester one Spurs two Ash Neville's opener the standout goal in this game 35 40 yards out it was it was a beaut Drew Spence then doubled their lead before the break and then uh, the new signing scored an own goal, unfortunately, to let Leicester back in in the second half. But it was enough for victory. Let's hear from the Spurs boss, Rianne Skinner. Uh, she was thrilled with the performance of her side. I just think that we saw we showed both two different sides to our game today because I think in the first half, we controlled possession. We were very dominant on the ball. Uh, we made life really difficult for, for Leicester. Um, and obviously we, we then built into the game that enabled us to score two fantastic goals, to be honest. We were finding that those pockets of space were available to us and we probably didn't exploit them as much as I'd have liked actually in the first half. But then when we do that effectively, obviously just the confidence and you know audacity, quite frankly, but what a fantastic strike, right? We see you know a lot of things that Ash does in training and uh, I just think if you give her an opportunity like that, she's such a positive player that she's going to take stuff on. Yeah, very much so. But I many moons ago, I played with Ash at Coventry and she was a forward. Um, so, yeah, seeing her score goals like that and having that eye for goal um, doesn't su- surprise me whatsoever. But no, I think, you know, Spurs played really well. I, I must admit, I, I'm worried for Leicester, um, the lack of, of transfer activity. And I think they really needed to add a bit of quality. And you you always look at the teams coming up and think, you know, you probably should be able to take points there. But I think Liverpool have come up so strongly um, that, it, yeah, it's going to be a tough, long old season for Leicester, especially as well. They're missing, you know, two key players in, in Hannah Kane and, and Jessics with through injury as well. So hopefully, you know, for them, the sooner they get them back, the better, because they do add quality to the side. What's your prediction for the North London derby? And I'm going to put you on the spot and ask for a prediction for the Merseyside derby as well. Yeah, for the for the North London, I'm actually there for talk, so that'll be exciting. Um, I'll be commentating. For me, as much as I, I think Spurs have done great and improved, the way that Arsenal played um, against Brighton in terms of that forward line and their aggressive forward press as well defensively, what not, not many people speak about, I would say it'll be 3-1. Um, and for the Merseyside derby, I think Liverpool will win. The last time you know it was the derby, I was playing in that game. Um, Anfield and we lost one nil. But I'm I'm gonna I'm gonna say Liverpool two Everton one. Ooh, I like it. Final uh, game of the weekend, West Ham 1, Everton 0. Battle of the two new managers, Paul Konjeski, though, uh, coming out on top. First win on the board. Uh, Lisa Evans with the only goal of the game for West Ham, ahead of just before half-time. Five of Paul Konjeski's new 12 signings started, Molly. How are they going to fare this season and, and, and how were they in the game? 
I think we spoke last time I was on about the fact that this game was very much a, a mix of, of two pretty new managers, two pretty new squads with a lot of new signings. And I think West Ham, you know, they won the game and they they probably had the, the best of their, their new signings that, that impressed really. Um, Viviana Sai, who I was hugely excited to see in the Women's Super League, so showed some, some glimpses of her talent. I think actually Lisa Evans is probably a bit of an underrated acquisition that they obviously got from from Arsenal had that loan there and then made it into a permanent move because maybe she wasn't quite at that standard for Arsenal but she's you know right up there with the best kind of players in the league I think so so it was good to see her getting on the score sheet um and I think yeah I think it's quite it's quite a difficult opening little run of fixtures for Everton actually obviously they they had that game where it was it's quite an open one and now they've got the being thrown into a Merseyside derby at Anfield so I think Brian Sorison, the new manager there, has, has got a bit of a baptism of fire early on. I think he'll he'll kind of they they sort of need points really from that from that game next week because if not, you you start thinking back to, to kind of last season and the way they struggled. So I think, yeah, signs of promise again from West Ham. I think you know we we said a couple of weeks ago maybe West Ham and, and Villa have recruited pretty well and it might be ones ones to watch this season. And I think they've they've shown that in this opening weekend. Yeah, definitely. Everton, interesting, isn't it? I mean, I've seen a lot of players talking about stability now under Brian Sorensen, but, you know, how are they going to fare this season? And could they have done a little bit better yesterday, Courtney? Yeah, I think so. Um, it, it's, yeah, I think it's worrying times for the club, to be honest. The the definite lack of stability, I think you can see as a, you know, affected the players. You've got a departure of, you know, someone like Dan Turner, who's been at the club for absolute years, been a fantastic servant to the club. I think, you know, whatever needs to change at Everton, it needs to happen very, very quickly. It's easy to get into a rut and, and lose a run of games and find yourself in a precarious position. Yeah, absolutely. Um, by the way, uh, we do now have a couple of the original opening weekend fixtures rearranged, I've just seen. So Chelsea's match against West Ham that was due to take place at Stamford Bridge is now going to be played at King's Meadow on Wednesday, the 28th of September. And that is going to be the same evening as Everton-Leicester. It's also been confirmed that the game at Stamford Bridge for Chelsea will actually be Tottenham on the 20th of November when the Men's World Cup is on. So uh, plenty of attention on that one. And mentioning commentaries as well at TalkSport this weekend, uh, as we mentioned, Arsenal against Tottenham, the North London derby live on TalkSport with our very own Courtney Sweetman-Kirk alongside Joe Shannon. That's a 1.30 kickoff on Saturday on a, and on Sunday at four o'clock uh, on TalkSport, live commentary of Chelsea against Manchester City. Commentary there, Joe Shannon in the seat again alongside um, Leanne Sanderson. Right, you're listening to Women's Football Weekly on TalkSport 2. I'm Faye Carruthers. Next, we're going to round up the rest of this week's news and take a look at the Women's Championship. If you're looking for plump lips that last, you need to know about Juvederm Lip Fillers. With Juvederm Volbella XC and Juvederm Ultra XC, your lip look, whether it's subtle or bold, can last up to one full year with optimal treatment and no additional maintenance. Find a licensed specialist and see if it's right for you at Juvederm.com today. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Add fullness to lips in adults over 21 with Juvederm Volbella XC or Juvederm Ultra XC. Do not use if you have severe allergies or a history of severe allergic reactions, or if you're allergic to lidocaine or the proteins used in Juvederm. Tell your doctor if you have a history of scarring or taking medicines that decrease the body's immune response or that can prolong bleeding. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. As with all fillers, there's a rare risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. For full, important safety information, visit Juvederm.com. Hey, Dave. Yeah, Randy. Since we founded Bombas, we've always said our socks, underwear, and T-shirts are super soft. Any new ideas? Maybe sublimely soft. Or disgustingly cozy. Wait, what? I got it. Bombas. Absurdly comfortable essentials for yourself. And for those facing homelessness. Because one purchased equals one donated. Wow, did we just write an ad? Yes. Bombas, big comfort for everyone. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. 
Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Women's Football Weekly. That is absolute top quality on TalkSport 2. You're listening to Women's Football Weekly on TalkSport 2, the UK's only national radio show dedicated to women's football. I'm Faye Carruthers alongside Courtney Sweetman-Kirk and Molly Hudson. We are available on podcast as well. As if you'd forget, I remind you every 15 minutes, plenty of places you can download us, but first head to the TalkSport app to find us. You can obviously subscribe elsewhere as well. Uh, right, let's round up the championship. Uh, Courtney, as we've already heard, many assists in Sheffield United's 8-0 win over Coventry United going well as well Uh, I'll rattle through the results first and foremost and then we'll have a quick chat about it Courtney Durham 3-1 winners over Blackburn Crystal Palace were beaten 2-1 by Southampton Charlton 3-0 winners against Birmingham Lewis and London City Lionesses played out a goalless draw and Bristol beat Sunderland 1-0. 1-0. So three wins from three leaves Bristol City top. Sheffield United, Charlton and Palace three points behind. Uh, Coventry yet to get off the mark, still in the relegation place. They play Birmingham uh, next Sunday and Sunderland just above them with the one point. It's already pretty tight, Courtney Sweetman-Kirk. Yeah, and I think that's what we've we've come to expect from the Championship. It was you know, very similar last season. I think obviously in the end, Liverpool ran away with it and uh, deservedly so, but I think even more so this season. Um, you know, you're looking at the teams and sort of the budgets, and again, that that's no discredit to Liverpool because you have to produce on the pitch. But I think their budget compared to the uh, the rest of the league was quite sizable. So I think now when you're sort of looking at budgets um, and, and stuff like that throughout the league, it's very equal. Um, so yeah, I mean, for, from our perspective. We're, you know, we started quite well. We were disappointed uh, to lose the first game against Blackburn, but, you know, happily sitting second in the table on goal difference currently. Yeah, I mean, you just need to look at some of this week's results to, to see how, how unpredictable th- this league is. Nobody would have expected necessarily, and I'm, I'm apologising to Marianne Spacey-Kale as I say this out loud, Southampton to beat uh, Crystal Palace, especially uh, away from home, and, and also Charlton, 3-0 winners over Birmingham. Um, what's going on here, Molly? Because Palace put a lot of money in, didn't they, in the summer? Yeah, they did, and they brought in, you know, a fair few players that have got Women's Super League experience as well. And I think it it does just show how difficult that league is. I think, you know, we had Matt Beard on earlier on, and and that Liverpool team struggled to get out of the Championship. You know, they didn't do it at their first attempt. So I think it it does just show how difficult that league is. And we've spoken time and time again about the fact that there is only one promotion spot there, which I think, you know, it is something that the FA are looking at longer term. I think it's something they need to kind of speed up really because it's a bit it's a bit of a shame um and it is hugely competitive and I think you know Bristol I think it's Bristol City the only team that are, that are unbeaten now if I'm right in saying that so I think yeah it, it's um it's a it's a fantastic league and I suppose it's it's a bit of a shame that you know not only do we not have time to to talk about it we don't all have time to report on it and see it as much as maybe we should but you know some fantastic players in that division and I think it shows the fact that Liverpool have come up this season and we don't really expect them to be in the relegation battle kind of shows that that team, whichever team gets promoted, is is a really strong kind of addition to the Women's Super League. Yeah, I'm sure you'll echo that, Courtney. It's, it, it, it is just a matter of time, surely. Yeah, I think that's something that, you know, within the Championship as well for, you know, we would like more promotion spots or if, you know, you're going to make it interesting maybe and sort of do a playoff like the, the men's championship, I don't know in, in terms of that. That's for the powers that be. But I think for me going forward, now we're under the Barclays umbrella, I think is important. And hopefully, you know, in, in terms of, um, you know, whether it be commentaries or, you know, TV um, exposure, hopefully that will start to trickle down to championship because, you know, being a part of it, 
you know, both from the outside and the inside as a player. Like it, it, it's genuinely a fantastic league uh, with so many fantastic players. And, and the more than that, that can get showcased and the better. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, by the way, just a nod to Rangers. Good luck to them. They're in uh, Champions League qualifying action on Tuesday night against Benfica. Malky Thompson's side looking for their first group stage appearance. Uh, very good luck to them. And just a quick um, conversation, Molly, about San Diego Wave, where Casey Stoney is obviously plying her trade, former Manchester United manager, of course, in the NWSL. 32,000 for their 1-0 win over Angel City. I have to say we were we were very, very lucky at the times to have Casey as our columnist during the Women's Euros and she was absolutely fantastic. She's such a fantastic coach and a fantastic kind of tactical mind. Um and she was really excited talking to me about that in the summer, the 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 kind of potential that the club have with this new stadium. And obviously they've they've smashed that attendance record, which is fantastic. I think you know that it's not easy going into the end of Brazil with all the nuances of the league and the draft and and everything that's quite frankly far beyond my um, grasp as a near English journalist that doesn't have to deal with any of that. But um, they've done fantastically in in their kind of first season. And I think, yeah, it it just shows that I suppose the success she had comparatively at Manchester United with a new club. Um, and maybe didn't quite get the the backing that she was looking for. I think it's been a, a fantastic move for her to go out there and look, they're doing great things. Yeah, absolutely they are. And and we will try and keep a, an eye on the NWSL as often as we can here on Women's Football Weekly because I think it's important, particularly with the growth of the game over here, to, to see what's going on across the pond, that's for sure. We've run out of time, as we always do, here on Women's Football Weekly. We could gab on forever, couldn't we? Molly Hudson, it's been a pleasure. Thank you very much for having me, as always. Courtney, enjoy the North London derby next week. I will. I'm so excited. I can't wait. Yeah, Courtney, we'll be bringing you uh, live commentary of Arsenal's match against Tottenham at the Emirates, 1.30 on Saturday. And on Sunday, it'll be Joe Shannon, our commentator, with live commentary alongside Leanne Sanderson of Chelsea's match against Manchester City. Thank you to Courtney Sweetman-Kirk, Molly Hudson, Matt Beard, Carla Ward, producer Will, and of course, all of you as ever for listening. Don't forget, if you do miss any of the show live, you can download the Women's Football Weekly podcast via the TalkSport app, or you can listen back throughout the week. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.